Are you ready to change your tomorrow and start feeling good again? You're in the right place. Grab your coffee and together, let's start doing wellness differently. I'm Heather Young, a certified personal trainer. And I'm Jennifer Klutz, a registered dietitian nutritionist. Join us for conversations that will inspire you to ask better questions, remove the overwhelm, and discover what you can do to change your health now. Welcome to the Critical Conversations Podcast. So, Jennifer. Yes? We can have a little mystery conversation. And if you will open up your text messages, all the little dings today have been from me (laughs) and... For uh, you just tuning in, Jennifer has no idea what I've texted her, but they've been things that have caught my eye Mm. and have been noodling around in my brain. And so today we're going to have a discussion about them. Okay. I'm I'm scared sighted. <laughs> scared nerve sighted. Nerve sighted. No, yeah, you're making up a new one. I'm you're officially up a scared new, sighted. New word. You're a little terrified. Yeah. But I think these will be very interesting. Cause do you want me to weigh in on because I have no context here. So <laughs> we'll figure this out together. Yes. So I'm weighing in on if what you show me is a yes, I'm guessing, or no. I sure or let's just go with a simple thumbs healthy, up. Healthy, healthy down. Well, she approved. Not approved. Not How about approved. we go with that? Not approved by me. Not approved by me. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. That's what we're going for. Okay. So to recap, I have sent you things in your text messages. Yes. You don't know what they are, but we're going to talk about them. So without further ado, go ahead and open that first link and see what caught my eye as I was scrolling through news. Oh, this is this is bad. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> the the link, I have seen this. We'll put the link in the show notes so you can see the visual that just popped up on her screen. But it's an article, and the title is, A weight loss device uses magnets to lock the jaw shut, restricting users to a liquid-only diet. Researchers say it is an attractive alternative to surgical procedures. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. The first thing that caught my eye was the word that it is an attractive alternative. To surgical procedures. Yes. Um, so this isn't an attractive alternative. No, I think you're probably going to answer this one real fast, right? This is a hard no. I remember when this kind of bubbled up in the circles I'm in with other dietitians, and I'm still confused as to how this even got to market. Like, how is this considered okay? I know. Um, it's just, I call it disturbing, honestly, because you're designed to eat, you're supposed to eat, and locking someone's jaw is not solving the reasons or the issues there for why someone believes that they think they need to go to this extreme of a measure. And there, there's, in my world, there's no reason why this would ever be an acceptable choice. I know, because when I saw it, I actually thought it was a practical joke. I, yes. I truly thought, I thought it was, it was for a April practical Fools. joke. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not. It's real. It got funding. And someone in a white coat somewhere thought it was a great idea to be like, oh, this person can't lose weight or has issues with losing weight and wiring their oh, jaw Oh, this is my favorite line from this idea. article. It's designed to make sure patients stick to a liquid diet. I'm I'm just so befuddled by this. <laughs> so it's so safe to say that this is not a good option for um, starting to 
change your body or your relationship with food. No, this will make it worse. Yeah, Because they, they claim that it's going to make you successful at weight loss, which, yes, because obviously your jaw is locked and you can only drink a liquid diet. Um, and they're claiming that it establishes new habits. But how would you be establishing new habits when you're living in a world where your jaw is locked? And you can only eat liquids. That's not establishing new habits. Yeah. That's putting you into a prison. Because that means then, what do you do when you, you know, quote unquote, meet your weight quota and then you're you supposed to be off. living your life again? Then how do you interact with the real world? With, right. With community events, going out to eat, being around your family. It's extremely detrimental to not only your relationship with food, but also your mental health. So yeah, it's a hard no. It would have uh, outcomes on your digestion as well, right? Because it doesn't even say if they have parameters, if they're protecting your body being good at digesting food and solids versus, I mean, so much changes when you have to go on a liquid diet and that is all that your digestion is processing. Yeah, and besides the fact that your jaw is locked and chewing is your the first step. Your muscles in your jaw are going to change. Well, that, but chewing is the first step to digestion. Oh, that's you true. You actually yep. start digesting carbohydrates in your mouth, which is why chewing is so essential to that process. I don't even think they thought that through, that if that was going to happen. You're not getting saliva with anything, because I don't know um, – if you've heard this, but you're even supposed to kind of chew your smoothies. And I'm not saying you, I know you've heard it. I'm yeah. talking to you, listening to us have this mystery conversation. Mm -hmm. When you even chew something liquid like a smoothie, it's releasing that saliva that's helping start that digestion process. And I just don't even know how that happens with your jaw wired shut. It, it wouldn't. Yes. Yes. No. So now we're on a double hard pass. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it, it was a hard pass from just the title, but. In general, this is a this is a hard hard no. Yeah, because it's just going to be so detrimental to so many facets of your health, especially your relationship with food. Um, and then, like what you brought up, it would definitely eventually start to affect your digestion. Yes, and I cause so. gut issues. You know, because who knows if there's also a special drink that you're supposed to be doing with this and. Yeah. Who, so many questions. There's so, so many, many questions. questions. There's so many questions. So it's a hard pass. And I think for me, it just really put into perspective some of the crazy, wacky ideas that go out there instead of just trying to establish a good relationship with food and get your body in a rhythm where it feels good and and you feel good and you're not chasing the ever elusive weight loss by wiring your jaw shut. So... Yes. Okay, click on the second, the second one. This is a, a second way that I uh, saw that might be a potential for people to consider. She's laughing, guys. This is but real. I saw it. The, it. Okay, so it's called the snake juice diet. Okay, I have I have not heard about this. The snake juice diet has become famous over the years thanks to its purpose as a drastic weight loss method. I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> However, it's highly controversial, definitely, also known as snake dieting, as it mirrors the way the reptile eats, okay? We're not reptiles. I'm just going to right? say that right now. Um, let's see. The snake juice diet takes the method of fasting in the extreme. Oh, boy. People on the diet are encouraged to fast for long periods of time between their meals on the basis that it will help them lose weight. However, nutritionists have said that there is categorically absolutely nothing good. <laughs> so, 
exactly. other people agree okay, with you in this agree. Um, However, I was like, really you should just run away because anyone comparing you to, to a, a reptile, reptile, that's not going to end well. We're not reptiles. Yeah. You know, nothing aligns but this there. this floating out there is a good idea to feel good again. Get back to being yourself. You're playing your reptilian self. So, so what's your final verdict on this one? Hard no. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I thought this might. Uh, so I I mean, just I hate snakes. I know. Even talking. I'm about terrified this diet, of snakes. I, I so do even, apologize for making so you even, visualize a snake. Just the well, just the name of this would be a hard no for me. Fasting for long periods of time. That's just asking to make sure that you have extreme hunger. And when you do finally start eating again, things are going to, your body's going to boing because you've created an environment where it's going without nourishment for long periods of time, which is not sustainable. Especially for women. And research actually shows the unsustainability of this, mm -hmm. um, which we will have to talk about on another I do think so. podcast. But hard no to the snake diet. Okay. It's just hard no. So you can move on to the next text message. Okay. I'm, I can't wait for this. Also something that crossed my desk. Oh, it's called the potato diet. Okay. Well, I love potatoes. I do. So I do. I do. However... Still, go ahead. This this is better than the snake diet <laughs> so far. Potatoes are, this one didn't are nutrient dense. Didn't it? You're like, well, I could go I a mean, couple days. I'm with not gonna eating lie. <laughs> eating potatoes at three meals a day for a little while could totally do that. I mean, there's just so many different ways to prepare potatoes. Right. But um, as far as the sustainability of this and the and the the health factor and just so many of the factors. Obviously, you would eventually get sick of potatoes, right? Yeah. But two, cool. you're going to start to lack some vital nutrients. Right. Granted, as far as what some other diets typically are made up of, this one is definitely more doable. <laughs> but just because it's doable... Doesn't mean it's your best option. Doesn't mean it's what you should do. And again, this is focusing on only one data point. Yes. Sure. Could you shift weight with just choosing to eat basically one food, what we would call mono eating, over and over again? Uh, sure. But again, the question you always have to ask is, can I continue to do this for the rest of my life? Right. And again, this falls in the category of no. Yeah. And so then it's a hard pass because <laughs> that's again, will wreck your relationship with food. It will wreck potatoes for you. You do not want to wreck potatoes. That's true. I mean, yep. They're just so wonderful. So hard pass head, hard okay. pass. Next one. Yeah. It's going. Okay. Up. So, oh, I see we're on a trend here. So the grapefruit diet, which I have heard of this. Uh -huh. We used to talk about this all the time yeah. in college. And I actually, random side note, I did have to do a presentation <laughs> in my master's. For based on the grapefruit diet and the health problems you would likely develop from it. Oh, so we can already guess your answer on if this is a good idea for something to try. Yes. Because <laughs> you did a whole presentation. I did a whole presentation on the dangers of the grapefruit diet. Oh, <laughs> well, that's funny. And that was a long time ago. So yes. this one's hung around for a while. So again, this is similar to the potato diet. It, same strategy. Same strategy. You're eating the same, you're just eating grapefruits over and over and over again. Um, Isn't that why these stick around though? Is because they just naturally limited you to one thing. So if you try to follow the rules, you're naturally in a calorie restricted space because you don't have any other options and there's only so many grapefruit you can eat. 
Yes. And then I will say with this one, it's you were allowed to put it with meals, but you had to eat grapefruit before the meals because it's enhancing supposedly fat burning. Oh, that's right. Yes. So this one isn't as extreme as, as, as extreme as <laughs> some of the other a, lot, a liquid diet. But again, it's still creating many of the same problems where you're eating the same food over and over again and you're creating an unrealistic future for yourself and it can start to cause issues, especially if you have like ulcers or a history of heartburn. Be- eating this before every meal could become problematic. Yeah. Um, the, oh, the, I didn't even think about that. The list could go on and on. But all I will say is because I, I don't like giving airways to really bad diets is, no, you want to skip it. <laughs> <laughs> and the key being, again, you want to always ask yourself before deciding to do anything is, can you do this for life, one, but two, being empowered with knowledge. If you understand how the body loses weight, right, then you you can't basically fall for some of these, you know, scary diets or really unhealthy diets because when you're empowered to understand what's causing one outcome versus the other in a healthy kind and positive way of knowing how the body works, then it, it changes how you approach things. And that's what um, I'm big with, with anyone coming to me who wants to lose weight is why are you, why do you want to lose weight? Mm-hmm. Should yeah. you lose weight? And mm-hmm. let's talk about how you lose weight. So that way you understand what's at stake so that then you can make an empowered choice from there and just keep moving forward. Yeah. Knowledge is power for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So once I stumbled across the whole jaw wiring shut, I was like, this is pretty crazy advice, but this is literally new. And then it got me thinking, how long has crazy diet advice been around? For forever. And so all I did was Google crazy wow. diet advice. And this is what's next. <laughs> this came up. This is real. It is not a joke. I can believe this, though. So it's it's called reducing aid cigarettes. Curbs your appetite. Which obviously... It's also called Trim. That's the brand name mm-hmm. on the cigarette package. Okay, so it's Trim. According to the FDA, which banned these in 1958, thank goodness. So that's a long time ago. 1958. These cigarettes claim they could help you lose 20 pounds in eight weeks if you smoked one three times a day. That's incredible. And that they were perfectly harmless. Wow, perfectly harmless. Oh my goodness. If anything, to me, it really shows that. Uh, Wow. Someone's selling it, something. It works tell you it's safe. by decreasing one's appetite by causing mouth dryness and tissue shrinking. I, that's, those words alone are horrifying. <laughs> and it's real. <laughs> so. Yes, it was once sold. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's really sad. So that's going to be another hard pass. That is Don't definite. go try and find some of those in some storage unit somewhere that still exists. No, that's definitely a hard pass. That's, again, I always ask myself, how did this even come to market? Come to Same market. Same question we started with. Mm-hmm. Okay, last one. Okay, I have not heard of this. Vision dieter glasses? Yeah. The Arkansas maker behind these 1970s glasses claimed these funky shades helped users lose weight in two ways. First, shoppers would be less likely to buy food in colorful packages because they couldn't see the eye-catching hues. Second, 
The blue and brown shades allegedly contained a secret, secret European color technology that would help squash hunger pains throughout the day. Yeah, not, which I not do not so believe. Much. First of all, I believe the secret technology is just a marketing tool. Okay, but I, I truly will, do. I will the color say the thing, color. Can we talk lightning. about that though? Okay. <laughs> yes. So we just had a conversation the other day about our phones and social media. And how you have to be really intentional about how you're going to spend time on social media. And it made me think of that right away because I read an article and we were talking about how if you change your phone to grayscale, you won't spend as much time on social media because it's just not as interesting. Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. We're designed to love color. So I can see someone actually I can, losing I can a little see, bit of yes. weight in these glasses because you're a little this more detached. This completely... Um, Outside the realm of... Outside the realm of scientific reaction. Do I think, again, that you should be doing it? No. But as far as... um, Understanding If I was to rank all of these... (laughs) She's picking the glasses, folks. (laughs) The glasses (laughs) would definitely be at the top. She's picking the glasses. (laughs) Bet you never thought you'd say that when we started this conversation. There's still a hard no, but but if we have to rank, (laughs) they're the winner. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like two big things out of this conversation. I think it's useful to know... That you can help yourself with social media usage, especially if you have to be in it for your job or go in there to retrieve information. You don't want to tumble down the yeah. rabbit hole and get lost on in the middle of workday or whatever to put it in grayscale and see how much easier it, it makes it to extract yourself from uh-huh. social media. The second thing is crazy diet advice has been around for a long time. We're talking about stuff from the 50s, from the 90s. Oh, yeah. Diets are just renamed. How to make your relationship with food weird. Yes, yes. And that's, it's really funny because my first clinical professor in nutrition, that was how she started the class, which was she had been a dietitian for 50 years. Wow. She was still teaching. And she said, she was like, I've been around a long time. And if there's one thing that I can tell you is that. I want you to be the guides for people to not lose their way with all of these diets that will come out year after year after year. Because she she said, she's like, I've seen them all. They all just have a new name. Wow. They all focus on one macronutrient being the problem, one you know, food source being an issue. And she's like, eventually you, you realize that they did not find the truth. There is no one right way to eat, and these crazy diets will never lead to long-term health because that's just what they are. They're a marketing tool that's just generating money and customers under the guise that you will lose weight. And so that was her. At the time, right, it didn't, I'll be honest, it didn't mean that much to me because Mm -hmm. I had not seen. You hadn't lived a cycle yet. I had not lived the cycle of knowing about you know, food and understanding food and then seeing these diets come out and then realizing, oh my gosh, the Atkins diet is just now relabeled keto with a little tweak, Uh right? On and on and on. And now I hear her talking about that all the time because I'm like, I'm reaching the point where I have become her. And you have I'm trying to part the same advice. Yes, all the things come back around again. Yes. Which also reminds me of how when you're growing up, Everyone always tries to give you advice. They're like, 
uh, when you're, yeah. don't you, just you wait, just you wait, time's going to go fast and you're going to want to slow time down. You're like, sure, sure, sure. Uh-huh. Thanks. Especially when you're like in middle school and then you get there and now you're older and you're like, time is going so fast. They were right. And that's like one example of all the ways where I wish we would have a better ability to truly take wisdom advice that's being passed down and apply it. But it's just so hard until you get there yourself uh-huh. and you learn the lesson. Yep. So. Well, good for her for trying to impart her wisdom to all those youthful yeah, well, dietetics she did. students. She did. And she did. It stuck because, around in your brain. Yeah. You were ready to spot it. I was it. ready to see it. And that's mm-hmm. true for everyone. Mm-hmm. When you're listening, you are reminded and empowered again to ask better questions and say, wait, is maybe this something I've seen before in a new package as I'm choosing to take care of myself and make choices moving forward? Am I looking at an option that has just been repackaged or that's something that's actually useful? Mm -hmm. It can really help to pause and ask yourself that question. All right. You survived it. You survived the mystery conversation. I I feel feel like you set me up to make sure that I pass with flying colors because (laughs) I'm I'm confident. You're confident in all your answers. (laughs) I'm definitely confident in all the answers. And I'm definitely confident that I believe that most people would pass the test of skipping these. Yeah. But I feel like taking the extreme examples reminds you to be more awake. It's like your radar is up for the the slightly trickier ones that might be just a little bit more clever languaging, clever packaging to Mm -hmm. still get you. This conversation here has just continuously reminded me that these kind of marketing ploys and extreme options mm-hmm. have been around a really long time. They are. Yeah. yeah. And it, well, I think they will be around for forever. So we're just going to keep having conversations like this until we're 80 heads. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this mystery episode. Let us know if you enjoyed this podcast style. And if you did, we might do more. You could even send us mystery content you find, which I think would be so fun. Now, while the examples in this podcast I sent Jennifer are more extreme and obvious, there's still going to be a metaphorical blizzard of diet sales and slick marketing surrounding you in January. The whole message is going to be to melt yourself down and shrink yourself. And if you're always focused on losing weight, I really encourage you to listen to episode 35, The True Story of a Lost Treasure. Breaking free from repeated diet failures involves addressing underlying patterns and mindsets and also learning to resist the allure of quick fixes. So here are three powerful questions you can ask yourself. First, what have been the common themes or patterns in your previous diet attempts? By reflecting on past experiences, you can identify those patterns and then build self-awareness around what types of diets you've attempted, the circumstances surrounding them, and also the reasons why you stopped or why they didn't work. When you stop and pause and recognize patterns, it can really help unveil potential pitfalls and enable you to really make informed choices moving forward. Second question. How would you define long-term success in terms of your health and your well-being? When you stop and shift the focus from short-term outcomes to long-term outcomes, this often paves the way for a more sustainable approach. If you can define success beyond just weight loss or cosmetic goals and move into defining success as your health and how you feel and considering health factors like energy levels, mental well-being, overall vitality, then you can redefine success in a way that really starts to align with sustainable lifestyle changes. And finally, ask yourself, 
are there red flags that I can identify for potentially ineffective or unsustainable diets that might be a waste of my time, energy, and money? You know, I know you know if you've spent time around here that we're going to encourage you to make sustainable lifestyle choices that improve your health overall. So if your friends or family or your coworkers are urging you to try a diet with them, or if you're looking at one for yourself, here's a checklist of some key red flags you can look for when you're identifying, is this diet good for me or potentially ineffective or harmful or unsustainable? Red flag number one, it promises rapid extreme results. You really have to be aware of diets claiming exceptionally fast and extreme weight loss. Now, I know we want an easy button, and it would be amazing, but science says it doesn't exist. Sustainable changes take time, and they help your overall well-being. If you've listened to the Scale Facts episode, which is episode 34, you know extreme diets often result in not just losing what we think, weight or fat, but bone loss, muscle loss, the loss of key nutrients, and more. So you're losing valuable pieces of you if you chase rapid weight loss over sustainable fat loss and body recomposition. Red flag two, it eliminates entire food groups. Diets that advocate for complete removal of entire essential food groups can easily lack necessary nutrients leading to nutritional imbalances. Red flag number three, it relies heavily on supplements or special products. A balanced diet should primarily consist of whole, nutritious, dense foods and when possible, foods you cooked yourself. Red flag number four, based on a single study or an anecdotal evidence. Sometimes diets will come with some really heavy marketing claims. And if you look into them, find out, is it based on a lot of research with a lot of people over a long time? Or is it a single study or anecdotal evidence? It's something to consider. Red flag number five, it promotes detoxes or cleanses. Straight facts. Diets emphasizing detox or cleanses for prolonged periods can lack scientific support, they can lack nutrients, and they can really change your gut microbiome in not a good way. It's always best to work with a professional on them. Red flag number six, overemphasizes certain foods as quote-unquote miracle foods. You do need to be wary of diets that have what they call miracle solutions. Again, there is no easy button. Instead, a balanced diet with a variety of rich foods is going to be ideal. So really look at what the diet requires as far as eating. Red flag number seven, it excludes personal preferences and enjoyment. Sustainable diets should always consider personal preferences and encourage enjoying food and living life. When you step into extreme restrictions, it often leads to dissatisfaction and can lead to even disordered eating. Red flag number eight, no emphasis on behavior changes or lifestyle changes. Diets that just focus on short-term changes or lack guidance on how to change your behavior long-term to step into habits that really fuel health and fuel life will only ever give you results for as long as you're willing to stick to that specific diet to look for sustainable changes. Red flag number nine, encourages excessive exercise without considering fitness level. Look, I'm really passionate about this one. Diets that push for extreme exercise without considering your fitness level can easily lead to burnout or potential injuries. So if you tend to get injuries or you stop exercising pretty quickly after starting, consider working with a professional, even someone like me, who can help you create a lasting workout plan that prevents injuries and really helps you create a strong, healthy body. Lastly, number 10, 
There's no focus on overall health or well-being. Diets solely focus on weight loss without consideration for your overall health, your mental well-being, and sustainable lifestyle changes is not only short-sighted, but as I already mentioned above, it can be harmful to your health. A healthy, effective diet should be based on sound nutritional principles, promote overall well-being, and be tailored to your needs, your preferences, to help ensure success. If a diet raises multiple red flags, it's the same as relationships and everything else. Run! It's really worth considering, is this suitable for me? Is this sustainable for the long term? Is this worth my time, energy, and money? Consulting with a registered dietitian nutritionist like Jennifer can help you get personalized guidance and greater success than a mass market plan. That's it. If you've made it this far, we're so grateful you spent time with us today. And if someone came to mind, share this podcast with them. They'll know you were thinking of them. You can also support our work by leaving a five-star review or subscribing to the show or even writing us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time. Be kind to yourself in the process of change. 